What's up, Schusters? Welcome to Season 2 of Enter My Shoes. My name is Brian Cargill. You know what, you know what this show's about. Please hit the subscribe button and follow on Instagram to get all my news. And with that, fellow Schusters, let's get started. Thank you, Jerry. Testing, testing. Okay, this looks good. Please excuse the wires. I'm recording this for a podcast. So, how many of you hate the word sales and salespeople? Raise a hand. I too hate salespeople and hate being sold to, so I don't really like to use that term. Um, I think a lot of that uneasiness and unrest comes from feeling like you've been deceived maybe in a, in a sale. Uh, how, how many of you are familiar with buyer's remorse, where you buy something, you feel bad about it? Maybe you went to buy something and the salesperson made you upsell, or they upsold you to buy something they didn't even want to buy in the first place. Or the, the infamous calling you at dinner time, the, the telemarketers that we've all heard of, and uh, the, I was looking up online and they said one of the biggest phrases is, do you have, do you have five minutes for, so I can talk to you about X? And you're like, oh, geez, and this, they're about to give me their sales pitch. And so what I'm hoping to do today and what I'm hoping to accomplish is to you know, talk about the perception of salespeople, what they're trying to do, and shed some light on some of their tips and techniques that they're using. And then I have three quotes, three things that I learned from, you know, as Jerry said, those books and YouTube videos. But the first one is people buy with emotions and then justify with logic. So people buy with their emotions and then they justify with logic, they rationalize it. The next one is people don't buy into something, they buy out of something. And then facts don't tell, facts tell and then stories sell. And Feel free if it, those went over your head, I'm going to go back over those. And then I'm going to go over the fundamentals of selling and then maybe some bonus depending on how much time we have. So the perception of salespeople, I think they're often known as being kind of slimy, soulless, just trying to make a buck over, over the next guy. But what I want to explain to everyone here, because I don't know if everyone here works in the sales industry or they're not trying to talk to clients. I want to change that mindset because realistically we're all selling all the time and what are we selling our ideas or maybe you're asking for a promotion or maybe you know here's a common scenario is hey honey where should we go eat well let's let's get Italian no I don't want to get Italian we just had noodles last week but honey there's a, a Italian chef that's here from Roma that's making chicken fettuccine and he's gonna be gone by Friday we have to go there. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go and we can go have the, the Italian food, even though I just had that. And so within that, that, there's a little bit of negotiation, but you're selling your idea. You want to go out and experience this chef. And this, I also squeezed in there the technique called scarcity. So the, the idea that the chef's only going to be there till Friday, then they're going to be gone. So that's a, a huge human emotion that I don't know if you've seen when you go online or when you're driving down the road, you might see a billboard that sale only until uh, the end of Labor Day weekend or the end of Christmas, Black Friday. Those are all sales that make us feel like that we have to, either, we have to buy now or the sale will be gone forever. Humans are actually driven more by losing something than by gaining something. So 
this is an aside, but if you ever have a goal or you want to go do something, set up a uh, kind of penalty rather than a reward, and that'll drive you to be able to accomplish that. And so persuasion negotiation is happening all around us, and I want to talk about one of the number one situations for selling in the worst place you want to be, and that is going to an auction. So why is going to an auction a terrible place to be? Well, first of all, you have the, the scarcity technique that I just explained, where these items are going to be only on the market for a little while. There's only one of them at the auction that you're going to, whether it's a vacation or a wine bundle, cheeses, whatever it might be. And then the other one is you have an authority figure. You have someone sitting up there on stage that's saying, you know, you're looking up to them, you're down below, you know, kind of like here now. So you're, you're taking everything that they say at face value and you know, they're, they're making you feel like you need to buy because they usually are animated and they're saying, hey, hey, this person over here, you know, you, you know, they want to make a bid over here. And then you also have uh, the crowd mentality. So if other people are doing it, you're also getting locked into that as well. So these are some of the psychological triggers by these different events to make you want to buy. Okay, so that leads us into the first quote that I mentioned, which is people buy with emotions and then they rationalize or justify with logic. So I think we've all heard of the infamous or the, the number one thing for a lot of people midway through their life is the midlife crisis. And what is the midlife crisis? Well, it's been going along, trudging along, and you look to your neighbor and he's driving a nice car. You look to your other neighbor and they have the nice big house. Well, you think, hey, I want that as well. And so that's an emotional thing that people have worked so hard that they are willing to cave in and make a big purchase. Because what does that big purchase do? Well, it makes you feel something. And that's, a, that's a, one of the biggest things with buying is you're not just buying a product, but you're buying an emotion. You're buying a feeling. And I'm going to get into some of those famous brands that we've heard of that sell these things to a T that are just really dialed it in on the next quote. But on that, it's also, you know, in, in that same vein, you know, you're, if you're dry, buying, you know, your dream car, I think for a lot of people, a dream car can be a symbol of making it. You know, think, think for yourself, what is, what is the one thing that if you bought it, it would mean that you made it? Maybe it's a million dollar home or a boat. Those are some of the big things that a lot of people look to. And so how do you rationalize? What's the logic behind making some of these big purchases? Well, you say, well, it's only, you know, 10% of my retirement. You know, I still have the other 90% or, you know, it's going to appreciate in value down the road or I could maybe give it to my children. So we, we do this all the time where maybe you go on a big shopping spree and you're like, oh, those clothes are still going to be there. So there's all these things that we do that we buy in the emotion in the moment and then justify it after the fact. So a lot of people think it's the other way. We, a lot of times we like to think that we're rational buyers, that we're just going out, you know, that we've, we've done our research. But no, it's the infomercial that you saw back when you were in kindergarten that, wants you, that makes you want to buy Coca-Cola every single time you go to the grocery store. And I do have a, a good story that I want to emphasize, to help emphasize this point, and that is Emily and I just recently uh, went to Costco and our friends had bought us this gift card. It was, you know, your standard $60 Costco card, and we got to have a whole year's membership. It was a great gift that our friends gave us. But, before, but you have to activate your card. 
So what does that mean? It means you have to wait in line and you talk to a salesperson. And even knowing all the little sales techniques and trips, tips and tricks that I knew, he still got me. And the reason that he got me is because he not only was you know, applying to the different emotions, he's like, oh, are you guys gonna get married one day? Oh, there's all these great benefits and these things that you, you can buy into and Costco has these reduced rates. You know, they lower the price for you. And, you know, what, and then also he was talking about, or, okay, this was the one, number one thing that we did wrong was that we went there and we were on a time crunch. And so if you're going to make a big time purchase, I mean, so he upsold us $60, but if you're going to make a big time purchase, like you're going to go buy a car or you're going to buy a house or something, make sure you have plenty of time. Because if you're, if you're on a time crunch, you're going to kind of throw all the logic out the window and you're just going to buy it because you know that you need to go and you just want the salesperson to go away, which I think happens to, you know, we used to have the door-to-door -door salesman. I think a lot of people, they just wanted the guy to leave them. And so I do have a good thing that I gained from that is you can just write it off to experience. So if you do make one of these bad choices, just say, okay, I messed up here, you know, nod your hat to the person that was able to upsell you, but try to turn it into a learning experience. And another side tip is don't buy groceries when you're hungry. That's a, that's a big, big thing that'll wind up hurting your, your pocketbook and you might make some purchasing choices like buying Oreos or something that you don't need. So the, final, the third quote is, people don't buy into something, they buy out of something. So what is something that you're buying into that's getting you out of something? Well, a company that is here in our backyard has mastered this, and that is Nike. They are, what are you buying into? You're buying into being an athlete. You're buying into being a professional and looking like the people they see on TV. And so that's what, that's what you're buying into. Another company that I looked up is, uh, these guys don't even have commercials, and that is Lamborghini, because their audience isn't watching TV. Their audience is people that have already had these successful businesses. And so, you know, what are you buying into when you buy a Lamborghini? You're buying, you know, an Italian vehicle. It's exotic, foreign, speed, class, maneuverability, all of these nice buzzwords. And, you know, they, they get you in the car and you sit behind there and you're feeling good. And that's an emotional connection that you have. And with that, there's uh, customer behaviors. You know, we have, we have two choices in life. There's two things that we're always going towards. And every, all your basic needs come down to these. And that is, uh, you're either moving towards pleasure or away from pain. And that kind of goes with that. Don't buy into something, buy out of something. So for example, if you're buying into pleasure, maybe you've been offered a vacation package deal. So you're buying into that to escape away from your job. Or uh, the pain could be you just got a ticket from uh, the government. If you don't pay it, you're going to have to pay fines or maybe even worse. So those are two, two buying techniques as well. Oh, I lied. There's one more quote. So facts tell and stories sell. So I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in the benefits and the features of a, a specific product that we might have, but it's really stories that people are that people like to gravitate towards. And uh, I, one of the, the big stories that I look to, or the person that was solving a problem, was Steve Jobs. He created this problem that we didn't even know we had, which was not having our cell phones. Now we couldn't even imagine living without one. 
And then, he, he, you know, when he went up on stage, he was telling that story for the audiences to get them on board. And I think we've all heard of the uh, famous, you know, sell me this pen example. Uh, how many of you are familiar with the famous sell me, a pen, sell me this pen? I think, you know, the movie Wolf of Wall Street, some of these other movies have brought that to light. Now, I'm not going to try to sell you a pen, but to add a story to that pen it makes it so much more meaningful, brings, it, brings so much more value. So any old pen serves the regular purpose of writing but, and whatnot. But if you had the pen that was used for, to sign the Declaration of Independence, well, now we're having, having a whole different discussion. You've built a story around that pen, and it's worth so much more because of that. And then other day, every other day items that we have, you know, like a desk or a car or a shirt, well, it changes the discussion when that desk belonged to Benjamin Franklin or the car is a, the first Model T or a T-shirt is Tom Brady's uh, shirt that, I don't know if you guys remember, that was getting shopped around and I think eventually wound up on eBay. So adding, adding a story to a product brings so much more value to it. Now, to break down, some, this is now the third part, the fundamentals of selling. I would say if you have a product or something that you're going out to market with, become knowledgeable about it because people are going to have questions and you want to be able to answer those. So as much as you can study about your own product, about what else is out there, because you're, you're not just, just giving them this product or providing the information, you're, you're becoming a consultant. And so as, as a consultant, you want to ask questions. And that leads me into the next point, which is... Um, when you're having a conversation with someone, who controls the conversation? Is it the person talking the whole time, or is it the person asking the questions? Well, it's the person asking the questions, because they're saying, hey, what, what do you think, just for example, as a car, they would say, you know, what is your purpose for this car? What are you trying to do, get from point A to point B? Is this car a status symbol? Is it, are you trying to feel more confident? Do you have a, you know, a thousand kids that you need to pile in and take to soccer practice? So th those are some of the questions you start asking. And from my manual, I learned one of the things to do is to ask like a test question before they buy. So if someone is getting into that car, you say, you know, if you were to get this car, what color would you get? So you start trying to get them emotionally invested and make a small decision, which isn't actually buying, but seeing themselves in that vehicle helps people to start. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I definitely have where uh, uh, someone's trying to sell me something says, you know, if you got this today, what color would you get or uh, what brand or what style would you have? And then finally, you would ask the ultimate question is, is there any reason why we couldn't do business today? And then you have to be quiet and see what their response is which is kind of tough. I think that's the, the ultimate question when it comes to selling is, you, you know, especially for me, it's easy to, you know, you can study up on your product all day. You can ask a bunch of questions, but then asking that final question is really can be challenging. So we talked about buying a car, you know, getting behind the wheel, uh, feeling great about it. Uh, and then also in a little side fact, bring it back to the grocery store. When you go to a grocery store and you pick up an item, your, the, the stats are just unbelievable, but unbelievable that you're more likely to buy that product. So if you're walking down the grocery store, don't just pick up any cereal and look at it because you might wind up walking home with it even if you didn't want it because you're emotionally attached to it. So that's why they put you in the car that you want to drive so that way you, you feel yourself behind that steering wheel. So just for the sake of time, I will start to wrap this up.
So I hope today I've been kind of I've been able to change your perception of sales, and I've been able to sh change the way that you see salespeople, and even the modern day salesperson that's more in the question, the consultant realm, rather than just trying to push the product in your face. And again, those three pro those three quotes that I used was people buy with emotions, and then justify with logic. People don't buy into something; they buy out of something, and facts tell but stories sell, and then the fundamentals of selling. And so I hope that, uh, you know, some of these are my thoughts and theories. I'm not a salesman day-to-day -day, uh, in, the, in the typical sense, but like I said, we're all selling our ideas all the time. And, uh, you know, doing that practice, getting familiar is a lot of, is a big part of learning. And I do want to give credit to where I learned some of these principles. There's a famous YouTuber online. His name is Dan Locke. And he uh, is just the new selling guru that I definitely think he is worth checking out. And another guy named Kevin David who does online businesses. So hopefully the next time you guys are in a buying and selling situation, you pick up on some of these and I've given you some insight. So remember, you're always selling. Shoosters, I just want to say thank you for listening this far, and as an added bonus, here's a sneak peek into the next episode. Here's my paper, a dollar for the target, twelve dollars for the bow, and seven dollars for, I guess, just the time, but that was fantastic. For So 21 bucks, got about three hours of time worth, seven dollars an hour, not bad.